Hi, it's Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories. I'm Guy Massey, and today it's Gardening with Janet and Corey. It's a hot one here in the Northeast. Um, it's about going to be 100 degrees, I heard today. Maybe not quite reaching that, but already it's getting quite warm. So we're going to take, uh, we wanted to actually have our program out, out by the gardens today. It would have been ideal. Uh, just to further our inspirational talk about the gardens and gardening, plants, flowers, perennials, annuals, questions that our audience might have, questions I know I have and initially on this program. And uh, But we're going to be taking it today inside the studio where it's air-conditioned because it's just too hot. You know, people just say, why don't you just work in your garden? But hey, it's just too damn hot. So Let's take this show on the road in the studio, though. Today, on Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories, it's Gardening with Janet and Corey. We're here with Janet Massey and Corey McLean, and it's M-A-C-L-E-A-N is her spelling. She comes from Scotland. Connecticut and New York State. Uh, what's the name of the town in New York? Yorktown Heights. Yorktown Heights. But I'm really a Rhode Islander. And that must have been a good gardening town. Yes, although I was very young then. When oh. I really started getting interested in gardening uh, is when we moved to Rhode Island. Oh. Um, my dad came to be a professor at Brown University, and we bought a nice little house in a nice little town. And uh, my grandparents, <clears throat> who were Depression era, Okay. Um, we grew up going to visit them. They always had a huge vegetable garden. Um, they always had flowers and all just amazing stuff. And Wonderful. Then my dad also was very interested in gardening. Oh, so wow. one of the coolest things that he did was when we were kids, we had a really nice big backyard and he gave each of us a chunk of land on which we could plant whatever we wanted. Awesome. So every year, my thing was so cool. out in the corner near the back of the garage was super sunny. Oh. And every year, all I did was plant tomatoes and marigolds. Oh. And we would have fresh tomatoes. All nice. You may as well make it a vegetable garden and get something oh. out of and it. And the marigolds yes. kept the... Marigolds are great for keeping bugs away. They're right. very fragrant flowers, but they smell earthy as opposed to sweet. And a lot of animals do not like them. And a lot of bugs do not like them. So, so they, we always planted marigolds right. to protect the to, to protect the tomato plants, ah. and that's actually a really cool thing about gardening. You can find ways to work sure. with nature. Oh wow! To produce beauty and to protect the ecosystem, which I kind of an organic really solution to things. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, so one of, one of the organic solutions I've engaged over the years is I had a beautiful chunk of rose bushes. And uh, they would just, I, I refuse to use herbicides or pesticides of sure. any kind. So they would just get decimated by aphids. So I figure out that there are places where you can order live ladybugs. Uh, and they ship them to you in dormant state. Basically, if they keep them below a certain temperature, they're hibernating. Mm -hmm. So you literally keep them in your fridge. Oh. And you distribute them among your plants piecemeal and let them go to work. Oh. And so my roses, which actually, if I hadn't done that, probably would have gotten very few blooms. And oh. then, you know, you just, you release the ladybugs. Isn't that amazing? And, and I just bought my first rose bush, so I called Corey. That's <laughs> right. That's right. It was with I have you never had roses it. in my garden, right. and I finally took the dive because people say, you know, they're high, high maintenance, this and that. But I figured I'd give it a try and, and try to figure out ways to... Awesome. 
uh, take care of it. Beautiful, beautiful little delicate white. Roast yeah, fish. and it's very happy right now. Although it's getting eaten. Yes, the which leaves. is which is par oh. for the course. Okay, at this if, time if you, you have rose bushes. How yeah. many? If, how you're, many? if you're not going to use pest, if you're not going to use pesticides and herbicides, well, herbicides are for killing plants. If you're not going to use pesticides, right. then you have to oh, either be willing to accept something that isn't quite as glorious as you'd hoped it be, okay. or else you have to try and find ways to mitigate the damage. There's another. Um, there's an invasive beetle. That goes after lilies. I think it's originally from Asia somewhere. It was brought here probably in produce, which is one of the problems we have and, and oh. why island nations like England are so very, very careful about what they're, you're allowed to bring in and out of their country because sure. a, an errant seed Ooh. can create a problem. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there is a yellow lily that is extremely popular that's blooming in the wild now. And it's so invasive, it's oh. crowding out everything. Does else. invasive mean it invaded the country or invasive <laughs> that it, it spreads and it chokes spreads, out other... It chokes out because it's not in its natural ecosystem, okay. taking its place, doing what it's supposed to do. Right. It comes over here, and if it grows faster and stronger than other plants, it just... So it's just not, not like the British invasion of the beetles in the 60s. No, no, no. <laughs> Get it? Beetles? Beetles? I have, <laughs> I have a question, actually. We're having fun here. I have a question for Corey. I was wondering, I have a friend in Bavaria um, who has lots of roses, but she also has other f flowers in her garden, but they have a lot of slugs. Do we have slugs in the United States? I yeah, we do. Um, they never, like, I don't know much about them. I know that they yeah. prefer a particular kind of environment, which may be damp right. and wet, which may be why... In they, some other places, you encounter it. You know, more I than heard others. about it on an English gardening show, and I said I've never had a problem with slugs ever. I'm just wondering if that's England, Germany, if if we have slugs in the states. I, I mean, mean, we, we do have do. slugs. I've never seen like a lot of them. You'll see a random garden. one, or you'll see a snail trail. Sure, you'll see a slug trail. And occasionally you'll see one on a plant, but it's not like... Invasive. Right. Like grubs, you know those those weird grubs that get into your yard? Sure. Into yes. your grass? They're really white. Yeah. And, yes. Those things are, are invasive, they, they like too. black and, soil. It always seems the soil is so black around them. Yeah. And they and they basically just destroy your sod. Do okay. they? Wow. I, I mean, I could go on a whole conversation sure. about, about grass as opposed to trying to create right. yards that are more environmentally friendly you know back i don't know the exact history of when the whole idea of a grass yard became popular but the problem is that what it does is it creates a homogeneous environment that destroys everything else we, so when you know when i was a kid we would like my dad would fertilize the lawn and then we'd go out and roll around it ooh, right ooh. you know you just didn't you know you yeah. smelled that weird chemical smell you did, you're you like did. oh no dad just you he stay off the yard for a few minutes and oh. we did and we love our lawns americans yeah. love their yeah. front and back lawns no question about it unfortunately grass especially in climates where water is a precious resource Yes. You know, in desert climates and stuff. It's right. crazy. Right. I've grown to like those California front lawns where lack of lawns where you've got more more dirt or, or even like pebbles and, and there's and there's sort of you know, yes. native plantings around. Yes. Uh, so, and then there's some natural grass, I guess is okay. Tall grass and patches mm. is fine. Yeah. Um, but but the actual I mean Rhode Island is a big producer of sod. Right? Yes. There are lots of sod companies in Rhode Island. You know, they used to be used for sports and stuff, but like professional football teams now, they don't even use real grass anymore. Right. right. They're, they're on this synthetic stuff now, which is actually better. 
Um, or in England, a lot of times someone just recently said to me when he was surprised at how, how there's almost no f frontage on the homes and then gardens in the back. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, so yes. saying what you're saying, Corey, that it's... Um, right. My yeah, friend Lorraine and my friends Lorraine and Carl live in San Diego and they bought this great little craftsman house. And one of the things they've done over the years, you know, you're under certain restrictions there. If you have a craftsman house, you, you are only allowed to do certain things to maintain the aesthetic integrity of that art. Okay. Because it's considered art, I think. Right, sure. sure. Um, okay, I forgot what I was talking about. Um, about. Oh, so what they did was they took their entire front yard, they took their entire backyard and turned it into a patio with a fire pit oh. and really comfortable and relaxing. Out front, they had plantings, but they researched what things to plant oh, cool. in the San Diego environment that would right. need a minimum of care, that Makes would help sense. with erosion, all of that kind of stuff. You right. want plants that are hardy, that can take heat and dry. Sure. Actually, one of my pet projects, which I haven't started yet, is the strip between the sidewalk and the road is called the Hell Strip. And oh. that's because in a lot of places, especially if you're on the edge of a road, it's hard to get things to grow in those spaces. Because it's an inhospitable environment. It doesn't sure. get watered. It tends to be hot. Things like salt and road debris, you know, all of those things take a toll. Oh, okay. So, sure. I would love... Uh, I live in Providence, so every little side street you walk down on the east side, you've got these strips in front of people's houses. And you can tell the houses that are owned versus the houses that are rented. Uh. Because the houses that are owned have these beautiful hell strips where they've put in all of these perennials and things okay. that will come up every year. Yeah. And then and then you look at the rental houses and sure. it's just, just grass and dirt and dog poop right. and everything. Oh, yes. So uh, yeah. where I live now is a renovated church in Providence. And oh, I'm working with some of the people in the building to try and figure out what to do with the front because it's nicely landscaped, but we have gravel hell strips there with only a few trees. I think they're those junk locust trees that Providence loves to plant. Oh. And then it's gravel and then there's some like four knockout rose bushes which have been sorely neglected. So they kind of bloom but like look at you like please help me. <laughs> <laughs> so what I suggested was that we put in raised edges because when you live in the city if you have an area that looks unkempt it's a dog park. That's all I gotta say. Oh. And so we have people occasionally right. letting their dogs poop on the gravel. Right. You have to cut across the gravel to get onto the sidewalk. Right. I tracked poop all the way up to my apartment once. And oh. I had to backtrack through the entire building to clean it up. Oh. So I said, if we put in something like cobblestones or a wood edge right. or something like that, and we Throw raise it. it up even six inches, I guarantee you people are less likely. If Absolutely. a garden looks cultivated, most People, people are decent will, and will, will move along. It, right? They won't land a load there from <laughs> yeah. Fido. Yeah. What's the difference between a perennial and an annual? Um, Take it either one. It's an I'm awesome going to let question. Kari do most of this interview, actually. <laughs> I will chime in at, at times, but I'm learning too. Do chime. Do yes, chime I'll chime in. Uh, perennials are generally plants that you only have to plant once. They're called perennial because they come back year after year. Doesn't mean they're no maintenance, but they can be a wonderful choice for a garden that you want to look full and lush for the entire season with, with relatively little maintenance. Okay. And then there's annuals, which give you a once-off summer bloom, and All then they're summer, done. typically, right? right? All so, like, people who like to hang baskets off yeah. of their porches, those are usually annuals. Things like uh, petunias or pansies. violets, pansies. They're great. They look great right. for a while, and then they're done. Um, as far as gardening goes, 
I generally try to only plant annuals. Oh. Um, I use annuals for things like that surprises pots, me. Right. Planters. So you can still have that pretty wash of color there. Sure. Do they because, last? Oh, go ahead, Jenny. No, because I was going to ask Corey about pansies because sometimes the little things called Johnny Jump Ups I are, love Johnny Jump Ups. They will recede sometimes, pansy, but it's not guaranteed that they recede, right? That I is true. There are some annuals that drop seeds, and yeah. sometimes those seeds you actually... Get lucky. <laughs> I mean, I, I, had a, I had a crocus. Uh, that's actually a bulb, but I had a crocus growing out the middle of the churchyard. Is that an annual or perennial? That's that's a bulb. bulb. So it's technically a per, it's not a perennial but technically it is. It comes oh, up yeah. every year until the squirrels eat it. Right, oh, okay. right. Right. <laughs> right. Every that's year true. until the squirrels. Um so yeah, I like annuals for bright spots of color in planters yeah. and that sort of thing. And then for perennials, I just love that wash of color with, that you get from daylilies and flocks and lilies oh, and irises just and so beautiful. poppies and peonies yeah. and all that stuff. beautiful sight on earth. And I have yeah. one side of my yard that is in bloom in July, the end of June through July usually as it is now. And my, and it's taken years for me to get that. So in August, things start to go by. And that's when, if you have some annuals around, as you said, this color, otherwise, oh, I'm green I all get spring. It now. I get it. I'm green all spring so it's because a high... I don't have a lot of daffodils oh. or spring things in my garden, and then I have all this color, and then it's green again. So, that's like so a... I need to like. So it's like a hybrid gardens you both have. Well, sort of in a way. But Corey, you have roses. You had many roses in your garden and mm. and other perennials also. But yeah. I didn't know that that you you do a lot of annuals. Yeah, I, yeah, um, I actually makes sense to I, me. I don't really have an outdoor space now, so I've been successfully growing a pot of petunias in my apartment, which right. is rare That's because awesome. generally speaking, outdoor plants aren't happy inside. The other right. thing I'm successfully oh. growing is honeysuckle in oh, my bedroom. Oh, it smell oh. and it bloomed. It had it had so many blooms on it. My whole bedroom smelled like honeysuckle. Oh my oh. gosh. It was amazing. I would try that for sure. That now that's generally something you would not plant inside because right. most plants that you would plant outside need much more sun than you're going to be able to get them in an indoor environment. Speaking of planting, is it too late in the season? I know our podcast listeners, I wanted to air this show about a month ago. Right. Janet, Janet and I talked about it, having Corey and you uh, about a month ago. We would have had, we would have been into the beginning to mid part. Right. Now we're kind of coming into the tail end. Is this even worth our time doing this podcast now? Because it's going to, I'm Absolutely. going to publish this uh, tomorrow. We're interviewing today on a Monday at the end of, uh, it's the end of July. So we're going into August. How many more months, first of all, or, or weeks do we have left of, of viable gardening? I think you can start any time, right? Really? You, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say that it's there's no bad time to garden. Oh. Um, a lot of what you want, gardening is, is an exercise in patience because a lot of what you plant you just don't know what's going to happen until it comes up. So one of the things I loved about gardening, especially perennial gardens, is every spring I'd say, oh, I'm going to move this, I'm going to move that. Oh, those irises are getting a little thick. And so then you're constantly creating new beautiful spaces in your yard by, by separating plants. The other thing which I encourage people to do, just for the sheer beauty of it, I worked at a church for a long time. And after Easter, when we had a tremendous number of bulbs potted bulbs, 
I used to take all of those bulbs and I would plant them in the church garden. Obviously, it was Eastertide. They weren't, we weren't going to see anything until the next year. But the next spring, I planted about 150 various bulbs. Um, uh, okay, crocuses, scylla, um, daffodils, tulips, uh, hydro, um, what am I thinking of? The hyacinth. That's what I'm thinking of. I'm sorry. Beautiful. So um, I planted all of those things. And the next spring was a miracle. Right. I mean, there were just, people came to church and they were blown away. They were, awesome. There were just, there's just, yeah, that was, it was like, it was like Easter exploded. It was just color yeah. and, and textures and yeah. beauty everywhere. That was St. Stephen's. St. Stephen's Church in Providence. Yeah. Right near Brown University. It still has a good garden, which yes. I, which I, which I built over a period of about yeah. 10 years, but it's been a little neglected lately. Another reason I'm glad I planted mostly perennials because right now it's blooming in there. The poppies have gone by, but now the phlox is blooming. The irises, lilies, and peonies have gone by, but um, there's just so many beautiful things blooming right now. Have you ever heard of crocosmia? No, <laughs> not it, I. It's a red. No. It's a red plant that looks. It's very strange looking. It's almost skeletal. Its bloom is a long descending bloom with lots of reds. Red blooms oh, on right. it, but but the structure of it looks almost like skeletal, bone-like. Wow! It's a fascinating plant. I planted one ten years ago, and when I went to church a couple of weeks ago, there were like thirty of them. Wow! So how interesting! I am one of these people who wants my garden from the earliest days in March right. to right before that hard frost. I want something to look See, at I every single minute of every single. I day. think that's the best goal actually to have that and i know i have a few things i have one tulip that comes up in the middle of my lily of the valley i, I have think, about, i think i saw that too i have about thirty thousand. i mean i have like three thousand lily of the valley in this separate garden that i love and i enjoy every year when it comes it's and beautiful the afternoon sun your garden the is leaves. gorgeous but that one yellow tulip i finally took it out this year i said i don't think oh. i can take it i mean it made me smile but oh. it's like janet you're not a tulip gardener i guess i have a question though i have i have as many questions as guy sure does do. or more sure you do. about bulbs my question is they're usually planted in the fall or that yes, not necessarily you should plant them in the fall in the fall. What that does is allows them a period of dormancy. Okay. Uh, another thing about bulbs, which some people don't know, is even though it's unattractive, they generally tell you to let the foliage die away before right. you crop it. So after you've got your beautiful tulips, then you've got all these stalks. Right. And they basically say just let them lie yeah. until they're completely dead and then cut let them. Let sleeping dogs lie. Yes. Because all the energy goes into that bulb. It goes to right make back it into the bulb. That's right. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm a real proponent of planting bulbs because it's early enough in the year that virtually nothing else grows but bulbs. So right. even like Scylla, those little beautiful blue flowers that create like carpet. Oh, I have a lot of that. Those are bulbs. Yes. Oh. So, so if you plant, just, you know, go to a job lot. They sell... Yeah. Bulbs by the millions, wow. cheaply. Just buy a bunch of daffodils, buy a bunch of tulips, follow the instructions on how deep to plant right. them, and plant them in the fall before the first hard frost. That's the key. You have to get and them in the ground before it actually freezes up for winter. Now, are you talking about the grape hyacinths or the blue flower? I'm talking about the little scylla. They're like little stars. Are they blue? And they're blue. They're this there's periwinkle uh, yes. blue. I don't have any of those. I have the grape you, hyacinths. I would love the blue Those ones. will propagate. I love oh. Swan Point Cemetery in Providence. Beautiful. There is a patch in the woods, right. so it's on a it's on a crest, and then you know at the end sure. of the graveyard, there's there's all this down to the Seekonk River. Awesome. 
I went down there one spring and I almost lost my mind <laughs> because this Scylla had taken over yes. a whole patch of the woods Look with a that. path going right through it. Imagine that. So I, you know, just like you're looking, you're in this sort of old growth forest and you're looking down and it's just a carpet blue. And it doesn't last for long, but it's gorgeous. It doesn't last for long, but they will propagate and propagate. I bet there was probably a bird dropped a seed out there 15 years ago, and now you've got this magical oh, experience, and you have to catch it at the right time. I've got to get some of that. As soon as I, I see Scylla bloom anywhere yes. in Providence, I'm like, okay, i got to make my annual trip to Swan Point to look at the Scylla because it's that gorgeous. Awesome. And it also has a very light Scent. Beautiful, beautiful scent. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's what it's called. Thank you, Corey. So yeah, I just love you. spring, and I love yes. bulbs because they give you something really, really sweet to look at before the other stuff starts to come in. Right. Yeah. Wonderful. How did each of you get into gardening? What inspired you initially? Was it flowers? Um, was it plants? I was, I think, 17 years old, and I dug up a little part of our front yard, and I planted nasturtiums, I remember. And then I had a friend of mine's mom gave me these things, Japanese lanterns. They were orange. Yes. Japanese lanterns. But then I got to a point where I didn't like them at all, so I dug them all up. didn't like them at all. And then I wish I had them back now because they were so cool. My mother threw I one might of those. have given them away. Or, yeah. Japanese yeah. lanterns. They okay. actually, yeah. the, 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 look like the flower lanterns. actually looks like a paper looks like lantern. A little oh, paper that's lantern. so neat. Yeah, it's really cool. So that's when I started a long time ago. I think I have pictures of it. And then, um, you know, I, I've learned a little bit here and there. I wasn't a real um, connoisseur at all. Still am not. Uh, I'm watching a new show now. I'm giving it a plug on um Brit, give, it, give it away. Brit TV called Gardener's World with Monty Don. And it is so just the visual. I've seen a couple of the shows with you and Pierre. Oh, my gosh. And I'm awesome. learning a lot through him or even with Corey recently came to my yard and she treated oh, me beautiful one program. day helping me with uh, oh, did you? my yard. How was that? And deadheading oh, so and things. Oh, I'm good. learning this year. It's I'm fun, isn't it? It's just a lot of fun. 65 years old and I'm still, I mean, mm-hmm. I'll be learning till I drop, I mean, hopefully. And uh, and like even on deadheading, you know, there's so much to oh, know. Oh, I, I so heard about that term. I heard about that term. Yes, I, I'm a Grateful Dead fanatic. And, uh, well, I am. You're a deadhead. I'm a dead. I'm a deadhead, but I heard about deadheading. Yeah, and, by uh, Corey. Corey, I love Corey's story about how she got into gardening. I've heard it, and I would like to hear it again. Yeah, how did you get into gardening? Outside of the, you, you talked about your marigolds and solving a problem oh, right, as a child. Right. But uh, with your um, family, but did you go, did, did it continue on from there? Or it did actually it, did. Oh, wonderful. And I, and I have to say, one of the reasons that I love gardening is I had the tremendously unique privilege to grow up across from a world-famous rose garden to which people from all over the world would come. This man was named Carl Jones. He was an old patriarch who lived in Barrington. He was a wonderful, wonderful man. And Barrington, he, Rhode Island? Yeah. He had thousands, thousands of varieties of roses, and I literally grew up across the street. I would hop the fence. Awesome. He would give me rides around in his golf cart. Cool. Back in an age when you kind of felt like you could trust the old guy who lived down there. <laughs> right, right. He, right. Was, he was a prince. Right. He was an old man. He would pull up in this little white golf cart. He knew I loved his garden because he saw me there all the time. And he would hop, he'd say, hop in, and then he would drive around, and he would cut a dozen. Oh. Some of these roses 
The blooms were the sizes of dinner plates. I'm not even kidding. Oh, there, my There gosh. were roses. I can't even imagine. I mean, every color, every variety. And these were not the knockout popular pretty roses that people get now yeah. to oh, make a nice border. Sad. Okay. These yeah. are the old hybrid teas, oh. the ones with the beautiful, beautiful the smells. County Fair award yes, winners. Yes, exactly. Right now. So I don't, I don't know how... But I was just gifted with this childhood wandering. Awesome. And, and Mr. Jones, it, it was free. Anybody who wanted to could walk in any time. Wow. He had a huge patch of vegetable gardens. The first white tomato I ever ate, he gave me. I ate it like an apple. Wow. It, was, it was delicious. Sure. So the whole thing was just, he had blueberries. He had a, a goldfish pond. And he had a, and in the middle of it was a hill that went up to this copse of beautiful oak trees in every spring, the entire field so was covered with daffodils. So pure love for Janet, too, for pure love and inspiration for both of you. Yeah, just, yeah. I mean, when I look at the world... And it goes back, you got some real roots there, Not no pun intended, but you, oh, yeah. you guys both really go back with your love for gardens, even, Janet, with your experience of 17 years old in your front yard. Right, and it was a lot of years ago I started, I guess, and with the nasturtium. You are us. You are gifted, though. I mean, what you create is really beautiful. Oh. That side patch we looked at the today. Side oh, patch. It's, yeah. the, it's the miracle mile, I think. It, it is absolutely It's stunning. wonderful, it's wonderful. And you've got all those late, you know, mid to late summer plants, right. like flocks, that I just, right. you know, that, that they also multiply. multiply like crazy. Yeah. That actually leads to my next question. What, what ways can our listeners make their gardens more attractive? And I hope we have some real gardeners on our program listening right in now but what what ways can they make their uh more appealing what, what are some quick ways actually maybe that's a good question good way to answer that it depends on the look you're going for i think i mean if you're going for a classic english cottage garden that's different than like maybe a nice house where they want to have cultivated planting so that the property looks nice so a lot ah. of things so a lot of things you can do are there they Decorative grasses is something that's sort of exploded right. in the last 10 or 15 yeah. years. Yes. And now you can buy all of these amazing grasses, which are can get so big that they can actually create a privacy hedge for you. Ah. Right. They're beautiful to look at. Natural they provide man. forage for animals. Fences, right. right. Yeah. Wonderful. Right. I'm in favor of doing whatever you can naturally to achieve yes. the goals that you're looking for. So cool when things work out that normally and you would have dismissed, but you find out later on that these are like grass, for instance. We only associated that with our front lawns. Yeah, and I think you know, Pierre has Pierre is my is my husband, and um, uh, he likes more of a tailored look. Oh, does he? But over the years, I've convinced him that <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that because I don't like it too tailored. At the same time, right. I get it, like. My yard looks kind of tailored. It's not really wild because I've watched this show, this British show too. Yes. And sometimes it's a little too wild for me. Okay. Like where I like it more defined. But I would never have a garden if I was totally on my own. True. Or Pierre oh, and I okay. were separate. Oh, you wouldn't. He oh. would have a much more oh. defined, like. And he would okay on a hill with. Like, he's an organizational kind of guy. Te- yes. Definitely. And, sure. And every. Everybody has different tastes. Like, I, yeah, I it's like, just a matter of taste. It's I like the mix. I like the blending in of a perennial kind of garden. Charlene's garden really got me yes. into that kind of aesthetic. 
Yes. I think my favorite, favorite, favorite thing is the English Cottage Garden. Yes. I you, agree. You're growing it's herbs. So it's just, yeah. It is. The sun on those days yep. of the British sun when they do get them. I think they have the most beautiful gardens in the world. I do too. Oh, good. Yeah. That's, that's true. And, and I mean, the English rose is iconic for a reason. Oh, I mean, really? I don't know what that looks like. But, um, uh, it, it's just a statement that the most beautiful uh, roses in the world oh. are grown in England because oh. it's a climate which is uniquely oh. suited. So... It's, it's like absolutely it's, amazing. It's, 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 it fits in their DNA. It seems to be, doesn't it? The, the, yeah. That and dogs. <laughs> that and dogs. I love the queen. When she but I love the, also love the story about your grandmother. But maybe we could end on that. Or well, you know, whatever, you, whatever you want. You, answered, you both answered my fourth question. I think we can eliminate the fourth because we been answered. Is what specific style of garden appeals to each of you? We kind of touched upon I just that. answered that. You did just answer <laughs> yes, that. Yes. Maybe that's what brought, uh, when I was asking three, what brought on four. Um, but let's, why don't we go to some practical, let's go to some practical questions. I have a practical question, and that is, how often should I water my plants, whether they're indoors or out? So for most plants, it's just a visual or tactile um, examination of the plant. For most plants, if they're not getting enough water, will let you know. They'll either droop. If they're a succulent, they'll stop looking puffy and they'll start looking flat. I'm glad because I um, always have, I have going to have you look at my Norfolk Island uh, pine. You have a Norfolk pine. I do, but I got it at Christmas time, stop and shop, and it looked good for about two months in, in indoors here, and now it's so pathetic, and it really? actually was knocked over by Kane, oh, my, my cat. Kitty cat. My cat on the porch, she knocked it over the other day, and it's down on the floor now. With some soil left in the pot, but the rest, most of the bulk of the soil is off to the side. Maybe you can look at it before we leave. But, I'd be happy But to. I didn't want to have, get you off track. No, not at all. I have a Norfolk pine of my own. It's about five feet tall. Oh, <laughs> boy. Oh, mine's, up. mine's like a little baby baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's got room to grow. Um, what so, was the question? The I apologize. The oh, the watering. Right, the watering. Yes. Um, Important so question. In my place where I, I mean, it does vary. Let's start with inside. It varies. I live in a place that has four skylights and faces southwest. So oh. I have to water my 40-some-odd houseplants almost every single day. Wow. Succulents, not every day. Um, I gave my jade plant too much water for a while, and now it's been sick, and I'm trying to rehab it, but it's not happy. So succulents you have to be very careful of because they need to be really dry. They're desert plants, so they're right. used to going without sure. water. But even things like geraniums, which are very hardy, they can handle heat. Yeah. If they don't get watered, they droop. Oh. So you can always yeah. tell. The drooping. You can always tell because the leaves start to sag on a lot of different kinds of plants. Outside watering is a different, yeah, indoor, it's a different story I, I, altogether. I don't have different. one plant in my house now. We had geraniums and That's they were right. Beautiful. You bring in cuttings. Mm -hmm. I know you do. Well, they were beautiful in the, the guest room because it had sun most of the day you have to have and enough light during yeah. the winter they were in bloom oh. but then we brought them downstairs and pierre was on the phone one day and there's all these little little bugs going up the molding oh that would have it was front they must have had some right kind of yeah. disease so Ooh. we took it out he treated the soil and cleaned it all up i guess i forget what he had to yeah. do to the soil put it in the hot sun or something but, um, so he's leery about bringing them back in, but I want to bring them back in again. Oh, you do? I don't have any indoor plants, actually. Well, let me Corey. give you some of mine. Great. Because I have nine geranium plants in my house. Oh, And my I gosh, keep yes. making cuttings and giving them to people as gifts. You know, you can, Wonderful. the great thing about geraniums is they come in a variety of colors I and styles. And they will root in water. So if you cut off enough of a stem with growth on the top and put it in Janet's water. Janet's mouth is agape. 
like, know, literally a gape when she heard that I that they can that. grow and they can root in water. Yeah, they'll put down new roots, yeah. and once they have a you know a good healthy looking root system, you just yeah. plant them in the soil, and there you go. And then lavender is very tricky outside because have, that doesn't need a lot of water. Mine is actually blooming this year, which is a major Yes, miracle. you had success. But I think I'm going to dig it up and put it in the pot because someone told me that they have, in the same area where I live, they have difficulty growing lavender. But then we were up at, I mean, it was professional landscapers that did it, but the lavender was giant, you know, and yeah. mine's like this little tiny, <laughs> I know there's different types of lavender too. Oh, true, that's but true. they tend to like a kind of crummy soil and... Mm sandy soil and a lot of heat and i think just depending on your yard sometimes you have luck with some things and no luck with other things i think that's Depend. how people become gardeners too that like you like flowers you're interested in, in cultivating your yard and making it look nice so basically i mean i i have friends who are master gardeners they've been through the uri program they're right. experts on all this stuff i'm not an expert but I have a fair amount of empirical knowledge just sure. because sure. for my entire life I've been planting things. Right. As is evident. Um, As is evident in this And interview. I feel very lucky to be able to do that. Awesome. I mean, what a gift. What yeah, a gift. Yeah, I'm very, very lucky. What, uh, what kind of garden can I expect with little or no sun? I mean, will anything grow without sun or is Asta. it too, such a thing as too much sun? Or? There are lots of plants that will grow in shade. The most important thing to know is that most shade plants aren't going to be big, bright bloomers. Mm -hmm. They're going to create an atmosphere with it kind of like, I kind of think of it, I had one in the house that I had, and I kind of felt like it was the fairy garden part of my yard. Oh, nice. So I had, what I did was... Like I a glade. Yes. Yeah. So I went out into an uncultivated part of my yard, and I dug up some indigenous fern. Oh, neat. Yeah. I put a couple of boulders in this big patch that nice. gets no sun all day. We like so boulders. So it's north facing. Sure. Yes. So I took rocks and, and all that kind of stuff. Ferns are gorgeous. Um, planted ferns, coral bells, a money plant. Yes. So there are lots of things that do well in the shade, um, but you're not going to get a lot of bright color. Yeah. Right. The beauty of shade gardens is in the that. textures. Yes. So, yes. so if you plant ground colors. And the shades are green. Yes. And the different styles of leaves. One thing that loves shade. Leaves that, that go taper and they have little bumps on them too. I've seen that off the side, on the side of them. Or is that another, is that something know. else? Okay. It might be a variegated something. Oh, maybe yeah. a variegated. Okay, maybe yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. And then Lily of the Valley, they oh. they they don't need complete shade, but they, it's they very shade they wear. I think lilies yeah. of the valley are tubers, which is yes. they're not they're not a bulb. They're a tuber. Right. There are certain plants that are tubers. Day lilies are tubers. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think even peonies might be tubers. But right. right. Anyway. Um, I lost beg my your point. pardon. Oh, the, the shade. No, the shade you know, garden. No, the shade garden that you created oh, with the ferns so, and the boulders, and um, you put some. I, there are ground textures. covers. Textures. Yes. You were talking about the textures. textures. So one of the things I love, it's called Vinca. It's also called Periwinkle. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a beautiful, okay. beautiful ground cover. It's glossy green. Wonderful. Early in the spring, it has these beautiful little blue Periwinkle star flowers. Yes. Oh, neat. But even once the flowers are gone, it's just a beautiful, beautiful carpeting. Yes. The leaves are glossy and dark green. So pretty. Happy in the shade. Wild bleeding hearts have very lacy leaves they like the shade oh, and they give you beautiful. these delicate little sort of yes. like uh, pitcher shaped pink bulb yes. blossoms they're Those lovely are beautiful so um there are just a million different shade plants there's some there's some shade plant i can't remember the name of it now that has yellow flowers hellebore i think um it has pretty yellow blooms on it so there yeah. are some that give you color 
It's wonderful. But but generally yeah, speaking, like you're looking for a mood. I think that's my my personal. I take. like that idea. I like that approach. And, and did you want to add anything to no, that? No, no. That we planted some sweet woodruff under one of your trees. Oh, that's right. And that sweet was, woodruff. Yeah, sweet woodruff is this name beautiful of ground cover that has these magical little white blossoms in the spring. I can't wait. Um, it's got. It's got leaves with lots of uh, yeah. petals on them, yeah. but it spreads strange. like mad, and it's a much lighter green than the vinca, but actually when you put them side by woodruff. side, yeah. sweet woodruff, sweet. it creates an absolutely beautiful, beautiful thing. As far as ground covers go, the one thing I would say to stay away from is English ivy. Yes. It is so invasive. Yes. I've heard that about ivy. Yeah. The other thing is, some, I have some and it is, that's I have what to I heard. cut it back yep. all the time. You're the one I heard it from. Yep. Yeah. And if you want to grow mint, oh yeah, keep it in a contained, contained. area because <laughs> it will take over. Imagine that. Mine's but mint is another my... thing. Mint well, at least all your other plants will have good breath. <laughs> but, Minty uh, fresh. Da -da 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 -da. Rim, rim <laughs> shot on that one. <laughs> Minty fresh. Um, but the, the, did, you, did you want to add anything to that? That's awesome. That is a great answer on that question with little or no sun. Uh, what will grow with too much sun? Is it outside of cactus and succulents? What does good with uh, a lot of sun? Daisies. Let's say there's someone, Black -eyed that, Susans. someone that can't really put much shade where they are if they're living in Denver. I don't yeah. know. Let's say. Uh, decorative grasses, definitely. How about echinacea? Um, that yeah. is pretty Thick good. cone flower, right. which is also called echinacea. Yes. Um, daisies, black-eyed Susans. The other thing I did when I had my house was I introduced indigenous wildflowers into my garden. So I had daisy flea well, Of course, wildflowers would just pro would naturally gravitate to being in the right situation. We didn't do anything with our grass. In fact, I think we were unpopular in our neighborhood because for two summers, there was a whole section of my yard that I didn't mow, and it just turned into a meadow. Oh, it did. Well, and that's it was so, And you would just watch the, the grass blowing, and it was absolutely magical. So it didn't look like an unkempt lawn. It looked it, like... I'm sure the neighbors thought it looked like <laughs> Ah, okay. It was a meadow. It looked like a meadow, and I loved it, and it was actually better for the environment. Oh, I do want to put in a plug for dandelions. They're one of the first things that bloom and one of the first sources of food oh. for bees and butterflies. Ah, what is it called? Dandelion. Oh, dandelion. Not only can you yeah. eat, not only can you eat every single part of the dandelion down to the roots. Wine, but, dandelion um, wine. Yes. Know, when I was a kid, one of our chores was my dad would give me that little forked tool, and your job was to go out in the yard and oh. dig up by the roots every single dandelion because mm. it was a interloper in the yard. Right, oh. right, right. And once I stopped mowing my lawn, I also it just filled up with grape hyacinths that had naturalized. Right. Yes. It was absolutely magical. It was yeah. a little bit of Caesar dressing on that. And they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, some croutons. Croutons <laughs> inside. But definitely the dandelion. I remember going, that's interesting. I just had a flashback of a memory of a, a dear friend of mine from first grade, her mom. Mm. I think I was close to her because I wanted to be close to her mother. Actually, years later, I think our friendship was built on me wanting to hang out with her mother, who was kind of a recluse. We finished furniture. She did caning furniture. Cool. And she would bring us out with us when she would pick dandelions to make dandelion wine. That's and so awesome. And I have awesome. this like vivid memory of one awesome. time being in this field of dandelions. And she, I mean, of course, she didn't give me the wine, but um, <laughs> we liked but, buttercups and doing the buttercup oh, thing. Oh yeah, under the chin. And we like blowing the 
So what's the difference between when it's, when does the dandelion have that little white things that blow all over and then the, the yellow, was that later in the season and beginning of the season? Well, dandelions are the first things to bloom, but they'll bloom all summer long. Okay. But when does it go white from those? When it white? goes to seed. That's when it's ah, going to seed. It goes to seed. That's when it's past It goes blooming. to seed. It does go to seed. Oh, it goes to so seed. when it ends up being that beautiful white sort of yeah. orb, beautiful. that's every single one of those is a seed. Beautiful. Which is why people hate dandelions. Because right. if you don't like dandelions and you have even one, you'll end up with 10 or 15. Right. I've got them in my backyard. Yeah. But are... I would argue that they are beautiful, yes. that they do no harm. Yeah. They do no harm. Um, and that if you're mowing your lawn and you shave it down, like a you good, won't even like see a good looking doctor, do no harm. <laughs> do, do no harm and look beautiful. First, do no harm. Right. Well, What's I think it? that's a good rule for gardening. Yes. First, do no harm. Yes. Well, speaking of do no harm, uh, what about what are what are plants that are good for like homeopathic remedies? Uh, we, can people get into that? Yes, uh, a little bit. Um, I love to talk about dandelions because they are completely edible. There's another plant that, and it's driving me crazy now because I can't remember the name, but it was growing in my yard. It's a weed. It's sort of a weird plant that. It'll have a branch and then it'll have a few leaves and it'll have another branch that comes off and it grows very flat on the ground. And I discovered a couple of years ago that it's edible and that oh. it's filled with antioxidants and that it's very good for you. Wow. I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the plant yeah. right now, but um, I started eating. We'll get back to you on that one. I would just be out in the garden eating. Awesome. So there are a lot of different, I don't know enough about this yet, but I just bought a book on ancient remedies and um, how we so successfully for centuries Yes. used plants sure. um, as a way of curing um, various ailments. One of my favorite TV series was Henry VIII. I know this is off topic a little. No, okay. The actor's name was Keith Mitchell, and he was fantastic. And at one point, he's courting Catherine Howard, who was his fifth wife and probably 17 years old. And um, <clears throat> he had gout at the time, and he had a ulcerous legs so he had these open wounds on his legs and she goes through a whole description for him so so he's courting her to make her his wife she knows this she's young she's ambitious she starts talking about the gardens at Walsingham or Sandringham or whatever and she starts talking about marigold will heal the scar and this is what we do to bring comfrey for the swelling and and, yeah so I just I I, I, that kind of triggered something in me years ago and then the other day I found this book that actually talks about Things that occur in our environment. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for the medical profession, but I sure. do think that there's ancient wisdom out there. Oh, yeah. You go to Back to Basics and yeah. Chase yeah. Berry for menopause for women. And That's right. All kinds what, of uh, fascinating. lavender. Yep. Keeps away mosquitoes. and mm-hmm. What goes around comes around. Well, it, or it doesn't go away. It's it doesn't there, go away. It's to, always we there. To, we have to find out about it again. <laughs> Is that, a, is that a, an ecosystem? Is each person's garden a little mini ecosystem? Yeah. Yeah. And it's part of a larger whole. So, for example, I read this on the news a couple of weeks ago. There was a man who was a beekeeper, and he had bees. His next-door neighbor got their yards sprayed for mosquitoes. Killed every single bee. <gasps> Not even on his property. Well, obviously, right? right? It's going to blow. Someone sprayed next door to me too. The the owner before this owner, and um, I mean, I'll try not. I'll try not to get on my soapbox, but yeah, things like Roundup. The fact that that product is still still being sold. I know. I can't believe that. And there are a lot of people out there, and I'm not going to get political. There are a lot of people out there who don't want to pull weeds. They want to go out in their driveway. Oh, it's it's such an in thing with people that want to do that, and I don't get it. 
I think my parents did a tremendous job, not just teaching us to love yes. plants, awesome. but That's to love the planet. Good. You know? Yeah, and the work to take yeah, care of. Yes. Right. And weeding is yes. part of that. Weeding is definitely part of that. It's There's so many, for me, there's so many intricate parts of my faith, which isn't everybody's faith, obviously, but I, I think of the things in everybody's life that gets us in trouble or... Right. Do, do you know what I mean? You pull a weed and you feel like there's something really like, like the plant itself is some kind of truth and you weed out what isn't good, what isn't good yeah. for us, you know, whatever, whatever your awesome. philosophies are. Why don't we, why don't we end on that? I can't tell you how much I enjoyed talking with you, both Corey McLean, McLean and, and Janet Massey. And uh, a French, a French person, and I, and, and I, oh, Scottish! I'll <laughs> get that right. And Scots English, and uh, but uh, it's been great. It's been great both having having thank you. Thank you so much, guy. It's been so yeah, much thank fun. You, it's guy. wonderful. Just wonderful time. Our next episode is going to be dedicated to the dead. A dead dedication. It's going to be all about the chronology of their live performances from, well, 1974. I'm going to start in Providence, Rhode Island with the great Mississippi half-step. And I may even get in there, uh, China Cat, Sunflower, uh, an instrumental. Uh, well, it later goes into a great vocal. It's uh, one of their long, uh, you might call it drawn out. I don't think it is. Any involvement with the Grateful Dead is not long enough for me. And Jerry and company, Jerry and the band. So thanks, Janet Massey and Corey McLean for your insights on gardening. That was a great episode. I had so much fun doing that. And I hope that uh, you get something out of that. Uh, we talked enough about species. We got to get them in, in both uh, botanicals, the botanical world, uh, plants and flowers bulbs and tubers we now know the difference we now know the difference between sun plants and shade plants we now know what how important the dandelion is and uh well did we talk about the dandelions that might have been after we turned the mics off but in any event uh we had a great show no i think we did get the dandelions in right at the last segment of the show this the interview was 43 minutes uh, clocked in at a little bit plus that um, but it was great I want to hear, hear hear from you, and I want to have you again as my guests on my podcast called Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories. Bye now. Only just for now, I promise. Again, stay tuned for Dead coming up in the future podcast out there in podcast land. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, you can listen to us on other great platforms, great distribution centers for your podcast enjoyment. <laughs>